Welcome to Passion Life Church. Good morning and welcome to Passion Life Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. Welcome. Listen, if you're watching for the very first time, we'd love to connect with you. It's very simple to connect with us. All you have to do is text the word CONNECT to 951-382-5757. Listen, we promise we won't harass you, but we wanted to know that you were here today. And so we'd love to connect with you. We're so excited about this series, Stronger, that we're in. But before we dive in, just want to let you know of some things that are happening. And so we are excited because on March 7th at 10 a.m., we are starting our in-person gatherings. We are having a hope and healing service. Rex Crane is going to be with us. We are going to pray for people. We are going to take communion together. And here's one of the things I'm really excited about is live worship. Finally, getting into God's house, worshiping together. Now, things have been changing. So the school has now called us and said the auditorium is open for us to go in. We are going to actually have a multi-purpose room. We're going to call it a family room. So if you want to just come in with your family and you know watch your kids, you say, Pastor Phil, why, why would I do that? Because so we can come together, so we can see you because we miss you. But I want to share with you two things as we talk about March uh, 7th at 10 a.m. launching this service. We would love for you to be a part and come serve with us. If you would like to make a difference on that day in our community, in our church, here's what I need you to do. Just text these two words, dream team to 951-382-5757. And even if you've been serving before, if you would just text that to us, we'll get in touch with you. And we are just planning for an incredible day. Here's the second thing I want to share with you today. You know, usually when we have our service we take up and receive our tithes and offerings at the end of the service. But before we dive into today's message, I would love for you to just prepare your hearts to give. All right, now, here's what we're going to be doing. Everything has changed regarding church. And our goal, and here's our vision for Passion Life Church, we have some people that are not ready to come back into in-person gatherings. And we understand that. So our goal is to have excellence in our online ministry, 100% online ministry for people, live worship so they can tune in, and then 100% ministry, in-person ministry. Right. And so we are working towards all that. But here's what I want to do today. I want to talk to you about our heart for the house offering. And this is what it's going to go for. It's going to upgrade all of our production things. You know, we bought a camera, as you can see. But, you know, we need to change out lenses. We've had to buy some computers and we are believing God for twenty five thousand dollars for all new production equipment. For screens, we've got some audio things that we've got to change out, $25,000. Now, here's the cool thing. God is going to do it. Can you believe that God's going to do it? I believe he's going to do it. But we want to give you the opportunity to give above your tithes and offerings today into the heart for the house for this next month, month and a half. Like I said, we're believing God is going to do it. But we want to give you the opportunity to sow in it. I want to read this scripture to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 says, He who supplies seed to the sower. Now, who is he? It's God. God supplies seed to the sower and bread. Come on, say seed. Say bread. So he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply 
and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So God will supply a seed to sow. He supplies seed to the sower, you know, but the Bible also talks about how when we give our seed, God gives it back as bread. Come on. And that's good for us. That's good for us to take in. But I want to encourage you today. Some of you, you know, you want to see a bigger harvest in your life. You want to be stronger financially. You know, here's what I've learned. You've got to learn when something is seed and when something is bread. And so I don't always just take my bread and keep it. I'll give some seed and then I will get bread back. And then you know what I'll do? I'll take from that bread and I'll give more seed. And the Bible says that God will multiply it. And so here's what I want you to do today as we give. I want you to pray about what God would have you do for this heart for the house. Many people's lives are being touched. Think about that. $25,000 is nothing for God. $25,000, 25 people giving $1,000 and it is all covered. And I want you to pray about it. For some of you, a thousand dollars is nothing. That doesn't even take faith. Come on to give a thousand dollars. And some of you can give more. And I want to challenge you today. And we are sowing this into the kingdom of God. Why, Phil? To reach people online. This is our new normal. This is the new church. So we're going to have a hundred percent excellence in our in-person gatherings and 100% excellence in our broadcast, which literally people from all over the world are listening to. And we want to do it as unto the Lord. So would you pray about that? But today let's give. maybe you're ready to give today. Maybe God's already speaking to you. And all you have to do is hit that tab uh, under when you text uh, PLC Marietta to 77977. You just go under that tab to heart for the house. And again, this is above our ties and our offering. This is something that we are going to invest to upgrade, and we're going to be a church that is relevant to 2021, and we are going to reach people. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, because you are calling us to work with you in our city, Lord, the potential to reach beyond our city and to the world. Lord, what an opportunity. And so today, Lord, I thank you for everybody who is giving. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you give them seed. Lord, many of us are getting our taxes back. Lord, that we would take some and sow it into your ministry today. And Lord, we know that you are faithful and your word is true, Lord. And so we rely on that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to thank you today for your generosity. Today we conclude this incredible series called Stronger. I don't know if you remember, but in part one, we made a commitment that as a church, we are going to be stronger this year. We're going to be stronger in every area of our life, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And today we're going to be talking about being stronger relationally. And I just want to remind us of something as we talk about all of these things, that God is the source of our strength. We are not talking about here today that you've got to do this on your own. That's not what God expects. What God wants is he wants to be the source of our strength so we can be stronger. Can you say a good amen? You know, today we're talking about being stronger relationally. Now, I want to ask you, how many of you 
want to have stronger, healthier relationships. Oh, I do. I really do. But you know what? I really believe that some of us don't realize the impact of relationships on our lives and actually how relationships are really shaping us or can shape us. You know, the things that bring us the most pain, (laughs) heartache and tension and actually can drain our strength the most is relationships. But the thing that can bring us the most joy, fulfillment, happiness is relationships. Because in truth, life is all about relationships. Come on, type that in the chat there for a moment. Life is all about relationships. And relationships was and is God's idea. That's He wants a relationship with you. He did not send his son to die on a cross to have a religion with you. He died on the cross so we could have a relationship with God. How's that relationship going, right? But relationships are one of the ways that God can meet our needs. You know, the Bible says in Luke chapter six, verse 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men, shall a person, a relationship give to you. So relationships are one of the ways that God blesses our life. Now, for some of us, (laughs) we're frustrated with relationships. And I think Some of us are frustrated because we continue to have the same outcomes in the relationships that we're in. It's kind of like we're in a pattern or or a cycle that these relationships keep turning out the same way. Now, I want to tell you today, I believe by the power of God and applying the wisdom of God, that those cycles and those patterns are going to break. Come on, can I hear a good amen? And you are going to be free to love again. You are going to be free to enjoy relationships again. That's what relationships are for, for us to enjoy each other, love each other. So let's talk about that today. Let's talk about being stronger relationally. Now, if I were to ask you, what are you looking for in a relationship? If I had a microphone and I were to give it to everybody that's watching today, and that was my question. Hey, let me ask you this. What are you looking for in a friend? What are you looking for in a spouse? For those of you that are single, what what, what, what are you looking for? You know, I would hear things like this. I would hear, Pastor Phil, I would really like somebody who's fun-loving. Oh, I'd like some friends who are fun-loving. Oh, you know what? I love to have some friends who are really in touch with their own <laughs> emotions. You know, maybe you're looking for somebody who has, a, you know, a sense of humor. Those are good things. Or some of you are, you know, like to go a little bit deeper. And you said, you know, Phil, I, I'd, I'd love to have, you know, an intellectually stimulating conversation with somebody. I, I really like that. Now, all those are good. But the problem with that is that none of these are character traits. They're all personality traits. Yeah, they're all personality traits. And so when we look for personality traits instead of character traits to qualify whether a person can be our friend, you know, then we can get into a lot of trouble. I always hear this, Pastor Phil, you know, a lady will say, man, he's so cute or, you know, she'll say he's so funny. And those are all great. You know, those are personality traits. But here's what happens when we don't look for character traits instead of personality traits is that we can become disappointed when it doesn't work out. Now, we're disappointed because we are prioritizing 
the wrong things. And so here's what happens when disappointment sets in. Disappointment is the child of false expectations. I want to say that again. Disappointment is the child of false expectations. Now, false expectations can set in when we're expecting something from somebody that maybe they can't give us. Maybe they're incapable of giving it. Uh, so we become frustrated. Now, let's talk about frustration for a moment because frustration can also be the result of failed expectations. But frustration needs to be our friend, and I'm gonna tell you why. Frustration is an indicator that something's wrong, that something needs to be adjusted. It's like the engine light that comes on in your car to let you know, hey, something needs to change. But you know, a lot of people today in relationships have been hurt. They've been offended. And I'm going to tell you why. Unmet expectations are the breeding ground of offenses. And so many people are offended today. Now I want to go a little bit deeper because unexpressed expectations are the breeding ground of unmet expectations. So a lot of times in relationships, not only do we have these <laughs> expectations for people, but we don't even express them to them. And so then we become disappointed. And so what I want to do today is I want to look at Jesus because, you know, he was a master at relationships. Come on, would you agree that he was incredible at every relationship? And I'm going to tell you why he was incredible at every relationship. Because he knew how to evaluate them and he knew how to define them. See, every relationship in our lives has a context. Let me give you an example. My mom's watching today. That's my mom. That's the, I, I, I know who she is. I know what role she plays in my life. I have my wife, right? You have friends. You have a father. You have a, a mother. You, some of you would know if, you, if I were to ask you, who is your best friend, right? Because every relationship in our life has a context. And so watch this. When you know how the relationship is defined, you can actually place your expectations accordingly. This is where relationships get all messed up. People marry a wife, but they want their wife to be their mom. Come on, somebody. No, it's not the right role. Or a young lady will marry a young man, and then she tries to be his mother. Come on, ladies, listen. We got one mother. We got one, and it's not you. If you're going to be our wife, be our wife. Well, it's because he acts, you know, he just acts like a little kid. That's all right. Listen, but let me just tell you this. Let's understand our roles. But every relationship you have has a context. In his book, The People Factor, Van Moody says, there is no such thing as a neutral relationship. Listen to that. He says, every relationship impacts you in some way. Wow, that's powerful. He goes on to say, listen, relationships are either helping you or they're hurting you. They're either building you up or they're tearing you down, right? Relationships, somebody said, is like elevators. They're either taking you up or they're taking you down. But there's nothing neutral about relationships. Man, that's pretty powerful. Listen, that's why Proverbs 4.23 says that we have to guard our heart with all diligence. One translation says, above all, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it will spring the issues of your life. 
So the Bible is saying what's going on around me is emanating from what's coming within me. I want to say that again. So what's going on around me in relationships is emanating from what's in my heart. Another translation says this, above all else, guard your affections. Wow. For they influence everything else in your life. So let's look at Jesus, right? I believe Jesus had, if you want to say three types of relationships, or I like to call it three circles of relationships and each circle he knew how to relate to each one and placed his expectations accordingly now here's the first one jesus had casual friendships casual relationships and we need casual relationships let's define those so we understand right this is going to be your biggest group of friends casual acquaintance uh Casual friendships can be said acquaintances. They're kind of the people that you see at work. You know, every once in a while here, you say, hey, what's going on? Now, for Jesus, his casual relationships were the crowds, right? Thousands of people. They were all his acquaintances. They were casual. But there was also some that he, he talked with. Nicodemus, right? He, he talked with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, man, climbed up in a tree and Jesus is like, hey, I am going to your house today. Now, let me tell you something about this circle of friends for Jesus. He loves casual Friendship. He loved these people. Do you remember he told the disciples, we have to go through Samaria because I have to talk with one woman. There was one woman, the woman at the well. Jesus went to talk to her. That was a casual friendship. She was a world changer. She was going to change the whole city. There was so much potential there. And you know what? Jesus rerouted himself to, for one casual relationship because he loves people. Now, this circle of casual relationships is made up of Christians and non-Christians, all right? So casual friends don't really impact your life. Why? Because you don't really spend a lot of time with them. That it, It's really about the time factor with them, right? And so here's what we need to understand about this circle. This circle is a great opportunity for us to reach people in casual friendships. And I gotta tell you, the church overall, Passion Life Church, we need to do a better job in casual relationships, reaching out to people, not having a church that's just saying it's us four and no more. We've gotta do a better job of reaching these people. Now, a lot of Christians are intimidated by casual friendships. They don't know how to just have a coffee with a coworker and just talk with them, right? A lot of times, you know, people will say, you know, be not, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, right? That is a scripture, but that's not talking about this circle, right? This is casual friends. And, you know, many Christians... As a matter of fact, if you hear probably a lot of them pray, they're praying, Lord, you know, I don't want to go into the world. Just, just get me out of the world. But you know what? That's not what Jesus prayed. In John 17, 15, Jesus prayed. He says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Listen to this. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world. He's sending us into the world for this circle of friendships. This group of people. Who is it? 
It's casual friends, acquaintances. Now, you need casual friends. Why? Because your casual friends need the Christ that's in you. All of your friends should not be Christians. You should have some casual friends. These are the people that you are reaching out. Now, here's the second circle of friends that Jesus had. These are close friendships. Now, Jesus had disciples. He had 12 of them. Now, I want you to notice something about this particular circle of friends. Jesus hand picked them. He handpicked this group of people. Casual friendships, you can't really pick. They're all over. You see them at work. But this group of friends, Jesus picked his disciples. He picked who would be close with him. Now, let's define this particular circle of friends. This particular circle of friends, you actually spend more time with, right? The 12. Jesus loves spending time with the 12, his disciples. Now, close friends have a strong impact on your life due to the amount of time and access that you give them. Proverbs 13, 20 says this, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. So who I'm walking with in the present is determining my future. Come on, somebody. In other words, my close friends are actually framing my future. Man, that is really powerful. So if I choose to walk with wise people, I will be wise. But notice what it says. It says a companion of fools. So in other words, if you have a friend who he has a friend who is a fool. Listen, you better be careful. That's how powerful these relationships are. Let me break it down. Let me say it this way, right? If you hang out with negative people, you will be negative and you can miss out on what God has for you. If you hang out with the gossipers, come on, somebody, you will start to gossip. If you hang out with people who are angry, listen, you should take a moment and evaluate your life. You know, Pastor Phil, I, I've just been angry a lot. I want you to ask yourself this question. What are my friends like? You know, Phil, I just kind of just been moody. Do you have moody friends? Because if you have moody friends, this is what's happening. This is what's happening right now in your life. But what happens if we have strong friends? Guess what happens? We become strong. You know, what if all of our friends are going to church and they are worshiping? You may say, yeah, you know, that's, that's a little too uh, much for me right now. Those are the kind of friends you need because they will frame your future. Do you remember Daniel in the Old Testament? We all know him from Daniel in the lion's den. Well, here's the reality. God stopped the mouths of the lions. But let me ask you a question. Who were Daniel's closest friends? His closest friends were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you remember what happened to them? They got thrown in a fire and Jesus showed up in that fire. Hallelujah. They got thrown in the fire and Jesus showed up. But here's the point. Daniel had friends who knew how to stand up. So guess what? When they were all together, they stood up. They encouraged each other. Come on, somebody. This is good. Now, here's the reality with this circle. You are becoming what your friends are becoming. Isn't it interesting that all of the disciples, of course, except Judas, all wanted to do miracles in the end. They saw what Jesus did. And you know what? They wanted to do what he did. This is why it's so important that in this circle of friends, close friendships, listen to me, that they be 
Christians. They share your values. They share your morals. Now, casual relationships, Christian, non-Christian. Why? Because you're not spending a lot of time with them. They're not really having a lot of impact on you. So if a person doesn't share my values, my beliefs, right, my morals, then guess what? It's time to redefine them, reassign them to another circle. See, some of us have people in this circle that should not be in this circle. And here's where the frustration happens because we graduated them from casual relationships into a close relationship. Maybe it's because we were desperate for friendship and we wanted somebody to be close to us, right? But here's the problem when we do that, right? You can really get hurt, right? Look at Samson. Samson saw Delilah. Man, he thought she was attractive. Man, he thought that they could have a future. And he graduated Delilah from casual relationship into a close relationship. And she had no business being there. And I want to tell you, the person of Delilah, that personhood, right, is still alive. What does Delilah do? Delilah comes to drain your strength. Yeah, and it could be a male. It's just, it's the person of Delilah. What does that mean? It means it's that person who is, wants to know where your strength's coming from, and they want to drain it. You know, God uses people, but so does the devil. And I want to encourage you. Listen, man, you are if you're hungry for a relationship, it's great, but it's better to be alone than be in the wrong company. And you know this, we're not alone. Jesus is with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. But I just want to encourage you, don't graduate people too early from casual relationships to your close relationships until they're ready. This is why Jesus chose people specifically, right? He chose them. Jesus was so intentional about this circle of friends. Now, in casual friendships, there's a lot of giving out, right? That's the unconditional love. We, 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 we give out. If you read in, in John uh, chapters 4, 5, and 6, I believe it is, man, Jesus is ministering to people. You know, he's healing people. He's feeding people. Now, when it comes to close friendships, this isn't just about you being a taker and draining the other person. No, in close relationships, it's give, give. It is win, win. In other words, in this close relationship circle, there's mutual participation. In other words, I'm not the one that's always inviting you out. I'm not the one that's always texting you and you don't text back. Come on, somebody, right? I'm not the one that's always... Uh, paying for our meal or paying for a coffee. I'm not the one that's always sacrificing my availability and you're not sacrificing at all. I'm not the one that's always praying for you, but you're not praying for me. In close relationships, you're not talking all the time. Come on, somebody. You let other people talk. You're not taking up all the time. You're not just dumping on someone. No. And as in this relationship, close relationship, you're not supposed to be just a taker. You are a giver. Now, some people never experience close relationships. And I'm going to tell you why. They're constantly stuck in the casual relationship circle. And it's because they don't realize that at some point they have to give back. If you're going to graduate from casual 
friendships to close friendships, you're going to have to give back. Even Jesus, after all of his ministry to the acquaintances, right, to the casual relationship, you know what he did? He called for a commitment in order to go to close relationships. Yep. That's right. Jesus called for commitment. Look what he said. John chapter 6, verse 53. Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. This is what Jesus was saying. True communion requires commitment. Oh, let me say that again. True communion requires commitment. In other words, Jesus is saying there's going to be a time where you will give back. You need to give back. But look what happened in John 6:66. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer wanted to follow them. See, there were a lot of people who followed Jesus just for the free stuff, you know? But when he called for commitment, guess what happened? They turned away. When he was calling, hey, I want you in my close friendship circle. I want you to come, but I want to let you know it's going to require commitment. You know what? People said, I'm going to stay in a casual relationship with you, Jesus, because I don't want to commit. And so this circle of friendship, close friendship, requires commitment. See, I think that's where people misunderstand. They're like, yeah, God loves me. Yeah, he does. But that's not the question. The question is, are you committed to God? Because God is committed to you. And this circle is all about commitment. Look at what Jesus said, John 15, 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. That's commitment. That's commitment. And we need to talk about commitment. What are you committed to? Who are you committed to? You know, the Bible even says when it talks about God's house, it says those that are planted in God's house, they will flourish. Planted is committed. You know, my plants out there don't move. When it rains, when there's a storm, they're there and they're growing. We planted some palm trees and stuff. Man, it's awesome. I looked back the other day. I was like, wow, we're watering them. They're in the sun and they are growing. But man, when the rain came a couple weeks ago and the wind, man, they banded, but they didn't break. And you know what? They are flourishing. And so many people aren't flourishing because they won't commit. They won't commit. You know, I was talking to somebody a while ago, and you know, it's been four years, four years, four different churches going from here to there. When will we learn commitment? And so unfortunately, many people aren't growing, and many people only stay in the casual friendship circle, even with God. Now, here's the thing we need to understand about these circles of friendship. Each circle carries a level of expectation, responsibility, and commitment with it. Now, many of us get heartbroken because we simply haven't defined our relationships. And so what we can do is we'll put a whole bunch of expectation in circle number one, casual relationships, uh, even though those people have never shown that they're capable or responsible enough to even handle a close relationship. Come on, somebody. Two things I look for. I look for character and commitment. Character and commitment. You say, Pastor Phil, why is character so important? Because a person's lack of character will be my crisis. 
Let me say that again. Their lack of character will be my crisis. And the same for, for you and for me. My lack of character will be somebody else's crisis. So listen, my heart is at stake here, right? And the Bible says, guard my heart with all diligence because out of it are gonna flow the issues of my life. So why am I gonna put my heart in the hand of someone whose character is not consistent? Come on, somebody, come on. The Bible says we've got to guard that. Now, here's where the misconception comes in. The Bible tells us to love everybody but the Bible does not tell us to trust everybody. So I give love unconditionally to people, but yet trust and access to my heart, I give very gradually. Same with forgiveness. I forgive people, but you know what? Trust, huh? I give very, very gradually. You know, people should not just be able to walk into your life whenever they want, right? You don't just let anyone into your house. Do you just let anybody into your house? You know, now we have Ring. A lot of people have Ring. It's a video camera. You know, the other day I dropped something off at somebody's house. I told them I was, I was going to do it. And then I just texted them and said, hey, I dropped it off. They said, hey, we saw you. We have Ring. So we saw you. It's kind of creepy, right? But I want you to think about this. We have video cameras outside our house because we know how precious our house is and we don't let anybody in our house. But for some of us, we're more protective of our homes than we are our hearts, right? Look at what Micah chapter seven, verse five, put no trust in a neighbor, have no confidence in a friend, right? So I'm supposed to love my neighbor, right? But let's not be confused with trust. <laughs> Micah seven, five says, put no trust in a neighbor, have no confidence in a friend, guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your arms, right? Now, I love everybody. I do. I love everybody. But it's not about love. It's about trust. Can I trust you? Because trust will determine the access you have to my heart. That's right. Can I trust you? I think that's so important, right? And if I can trust you, that will also determine how much I share with you. <laughs> you should not be sharing everything with everybody. Why, Pastor Phil? Because information creates intimacy. I want to say that again. Information creates intimacy. That's why when people have affairs physically, it started emotionally. Why? Because they started sharing things. And that information created intimacy, right? And so not everyone has shown that they are committed to helping you or they are committed and responsible enough to access your heart. Look at what Jesus said in John 15, 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. What is that? That's casual friendship, casual relationship. He says, instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known unto you. Watch what Jesus is saying. He said, first, you were servants and you didn't really know what was going on. That's casual relationships. But then he said this. He says, now I call you friends. So when they move from casual friendships into the close relationship because of commitment, right? Character, Jesus says this. He says, I have made known everything my father has made known to me. So since you've shown me commitment, listen, 
I'm going to share with you more. I think that is such a great standard for our lives. And here's the benefit, Jesus is saying, of your, I mean, our commitment is that I'm sharing with you intimate things. Man, that's, that's the relationship that I want with God. See, for me personally, I want to know, do you have the emotional, the spiritual maturity to handle my heart? Because I want to know that first before I share things with you, right? Can you handle my dreams? So that, 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 those are things we have to ask ourselves before, you know, we allow people to come into this circle. Are you learning something today? Hopefully this is going to help you to define your relationships. You're thinking about some things. The Holy Spirit is working in you, maybe showing you some people, <laughs> right? That maybe you need to move into different circles. And here's the last one for today. Jesus had a center circle. This is what I would call your inner circle. Jesus had a relationship with the crowd, with certain people, but then he also had a relationship with the 12, but then he bonded more with the three, Peter, James, and John. A lot of times this center circle looks more like a brother relationship or a sister relationship because it's real transparent. You know, you can't pick <laughs> your family, but you can pick your friends. But there are times where friends become family. There are people who are my friends now, but they are my brothers and I can share anything with them. Oh, this <laughs> circle it has such incredible benefits. I, I love it. Now, these are the people that, you know what, they're going to do life with you and they're going to face life's difficult situations when it happens. You know, there was a story of a young lady. Um, she had died and uh, Jesus was going to go raise her from the dead. And he walks into the room. Now we know he's going to raise her from the dead, but they didn't know what he was going to do. But he walked in and there was the parents and there was people crying there. And here's what Jesus does. He tells them all to get out except Peter, James, and John and the parents. Uh, man, that's, that's, pretty, <laughs> that's pretty intense. And it's interesting that when everybody left except the people that he wanted in the room, the girl got up. So Jesus actually had to tell people, get out of the room before this miracle is going to happen. And I think what Jesus knew is what we need to understand is that people in the room are affecting the atmosphere of our lives. They're affecting the atmosphere of our lives. And notice she didn't get up and the miracle didn't happen until the room was cleared with the right people in it. My church family Listen, maybe there's some miracles that aren't happening because there's some people in your life that need to exit the room. There's some people in your life that you need to redefine and put them into a different circle. You know why? Because they're affecting the atmosphere of your life. And nothing is worth that. I'm not talking about being mean. I'm not talking about ignoring people. I'm just talking about simply redefining, reassigning them to a different circle. And this is what I mean. Relationships should be intentional, not accidental. Listen, my church family, it's impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. And I want to tell you, I want to encourage you today. Like Jesus did, he picked his friends. You know what? You need to go after people who you see are strong and be their friend. And maybe they'll start you out in the casual circle, but that's good. 
Listen, you need to start pursuing the people that you want to be friends with. You need to go after it because here's the reality. Good friendships take time and they have to be built. The relationships you have are the relationships you've built. It takes time. I have people in certain circles right now and they're not moving. I'm just waiting. I'm just watching them, watching their character, seeing who they are. Why? Because my heart is valuable. Your heart is valuable. Come on, somebody. And out of that's going to flow the issues of your life. And you're not going to be strong relationally until you redefine these relationships. And I really feel in my heart today that some of you, you need to move some people out of the close friendship. You need to move some people out of your inner circle back into the casual relationships. And some of us have some great people in the casual friendship circle and you, you know they're great and you need to start moving them in. And you're like, man, you know, Phil, I just feel like they're, I don't know, they're just at another level. That's good. They need to be your friend because they will take you to the next level. I want to pray for you today. And I want to encourage, you know, some of you, you know, you need to allow Jesus to come into your close circle. You need to allow Jesus to come into your center circle and take him out of the casual circle of your life and the casual relationship and go deeper. I want to pray today. Father, in Jesus name, I just thank you so much. Father, that you want relationship with us. And Lord, we're as close to you today as we want to be. You want us to step into commitment. You want us to step into a greater level of relationship with you. And today we want that, Lord. Heal our hearts today, Father. The best gift that we could give to somebody else is a healthy us. Lord, I pray that if there's people today that need to forgive others, that they would let it go today. Father, let it go. We're not saying trust instantly. We're saying forgive instantly. And trusting will be gradual. But today, we want to let go. And Jesus, we want to get stronger in our relationship with you today. Lord, I just thank you right now. You're healing hearts. You're illuminating in people's hearts what they need to do, how they need to define relationships. Lord, heal broken hearts today. I just, I, I see somebody crying right now because God is ministering to you. He wants to be in your center circle and he'll help you. He will, he'll help you discern and help you have wisdom. Your heart is so precious. Some of us have given our heart away to people who don't deserve it. And come on, and today God wants to heal. He wants to take that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh in the name of God. Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and we love you in Jesus' name. Wow, what an incredible, incredible message today. I, I love talking about relationships. Listen, if you know somebody that needs to hear this, would you share it with them? I believe it can really change their life. Well, we're excited to see. I hope that you're coming out on March the 7th at 10 a.m. It's going to be incredible. Listen, we love you and have a great Sunday.